Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. I've had a couple requests from followers to talk about our tender decision. So in this week's podcast, my husband and I discuss how we chose our dinghy. So we're going to talk about the decision we made for our tender, our dinghy. What other names do they have for these kinds of boats? Gif. What else? Annex. <laughs> what? In French. <laughs> Um, and I just want to share with the listeners, first of all, it was half logic and half feeling, um, out of the bat, so, uh, you know, so well, well, off the bat, I should say. Yeah. It, it, it was a process that went from watching some videos on YouTube about the well, it, most more specifically about one dinghy. Discovering a video on YouTube about that one dinghy. Yeah. And and then we got emotionally attached. And then, yeah. And it was like, whoa, that looks like to be the perfect dinghy. But it's built in New Zealand. And yeah. we're in the U.S. And the boat is in France. So maybe when we sail to New Zealand... Eventually, yeah, that's that's then, what happened, right? Then maybe we'll get that was the rationalization, and we'll we'll get the nigi then. Yeah, but so, it'll be like four or five years. So, like, why do that? Because well, we we did talk about like by five years, either our dinghy will be stolen or it'll be you know oh, it'll broken be beat up, or like, beat up, yeah. and yeah, okay. So that was sort of where we were. So we went. So let's talk about the video first because that kind of kicked this whole thing off. Because at this point, we hadn't even really been talking about dinghies yet. No. It was way too early. It was like a year ago, even. Oh, that was... More than for, that, When probably. I discovered that initially. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I think I just discovered it, and then I don't even say anything for a while. But then maybe one time I said, what, well, check this dinghy. Yeah. And then I was like, you had <laughs> yeah. me hello. Yeah. Okay. So um, what was the name of the channel? Rome and Hike? Oh, or the, what was the name of that? Yeah. There are a couple, like great videos and and uh, about that covers you yeah. know, the, the how the dinghy is, is fabricated and and the um, the features of the dinghy and so yeah we uh, there's a boat name called Copico and it's there there's YouTube channels at least uh, Sail Surf Rome Sail Surf Rome yeah yeah they did a really good job and they ended up well they did two videos yeah, yeah one uh, they were at the factory uh, of OC Tender Factory. I guess we have an invention. Oh, you revealed the name, the name. yeah. Yeah. OC Tenders. Oh, yeah. It's okay. And um, and so and that was the the now they have a new place, but um, where it's being built and fabricated. But so there was um, they they went through explaining the fabrication process when they bought their own dinghy and the right. customization they did. But after that, after using it, I guess for a few months, I don't remember, they did another video really yeah. showing uh, all the things that, you know, that they love about this thingy. So, yeah, for people who are kind of curious about OC Tenders, uh, just check YouTube and, and check the channel Sales Surf Rome. They have those they have two videos, videos are great Yeah, videos. those videos are the best videos we saw, like, on the OC Tender itself. Yeah. Okay, so the OC Tender is a hard tender. It's not a pontoon 
tender. It's not an inflatable. Inflatable. Yeah. And um, I didn't, you know, get it at first, but then um, the point is that it's super light and um, two people can handle it, you know, easily. And we were going to hang the dinghy off the back of the davits anyway. So it wasn't <clears throat> an issue of putting the, the dinghy on the boat, like a, on a monohull situation. So mm. that was all fine. Um, but it was super light, which is really, really cool. And um, it planes easy. And you actually don't need as big of a motor. So these are kind of some things initially that got us excited, aside from how it actually looks, which is a whole different well, matter. And, and also, um, we've never owned an inflatable dinghy, but right. we've used inflatable dinghies. Um, and I mean, I guess not long enough to discover all the problems people have with it, but Whenever we use some, you can see like you know the this it's it's deflated, so you need to inflate it. But then you kind of inflate it too much because the sun heats it up, and so you know. And then they get punctured, and like there's a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. and then so they, it's it's kind of like basically OC tenders has been have been created when they looked at all the issues that that people experience with right. inflatables and maybe inflatables are totally fine for people who um, need a dinghy and close yeah to it's home all or fine whatever. so this is so total caveat to this this is our own personal choice so our personal choice yeah. and we are a couple that want to go cruising around the world and we want to minimize problems with the dinghy and with the outboard right so that's and 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 so that's that's the premise of all that right but on top of that, we want, you know, because it becomes your car and, and you want it to be reliable. Right. And, and so, and you want it to be practical. Right. So when you go through the list of features that this dinghy offers, um, then you're like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Right. So we'll talk about the attributes a little bit more in a minute, but let's just back up. So the OC Tenders was founded by a former cruising couple, mm -hmm. um, a husband and wife, Russell and Karen, I think mm -hmm. are their names. And they had been cruising for seven years and they saw all the problems with the dinghies. And they were like, you know, dinghies haven't evolved for a long time. The handles break, this breaks, that breaks, you know, they mm -hmm. get punctured or whatnot. So he set out, they set out to build like the perfect dinghy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they kind of build it out of, out of molds. Um, they reinforce all the main areas with carbon. Mm-hmm. Um, to make it super strong and it's super slick because everything's hidden, all of the um, various uh, handles and, you know, you can look online and, and see the video how it's like described. But so that was an interesting story because they had actually been cruisers, not like dinghy builders. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so they were able to really build something that they thought was super practical too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's basically built like a boat. Right. It's built on a mold. And it's uh, and so if it's built like a boat and it uses the same principles, uh, yeah, principles, but also same um, products uh, as a boat. That means you have all those things to repair, like you know, little you cracks yeah. or you know, like you know, fiberglass. Or if if something bad were to happen, then you can repair your dinghy with the equipment you already have on the boat. Right. So, and there's also different philosophies for dinghies you know like you were saying people think of them as a car so you know what would I want to think about with my car so we do have friends who've chosen to get a pontoon with a, a console in it mm -hmm. 
with a steering wheel and like all this stuff. Um, we personally, for us, we wanted something just super simple, something that I could handle bringing up and down on the davits by myself um, as much as possible. And we didn't necessarily want to deal with anchoring. That was the thing. We didn't want to anchor, have to anchor the dinghy. We wanted to be able to pull it up on the mm-hmm. uh, beach. Yeah, I mean, weight was... Yeah one of the major factors because the dinghy is going to be at the back of the boat right? and you're going to have a combination of this dinghy plus the outboard and it's going to be as far back as possible on the boat because it's on the davits. So that's going to play a role on how the boat right. sails. I mean, given that our boat is not a you know, sport boat, and, and but it adds up. Yeah. And, and but more importantly, when you get to a beach and then you want to be able as a couple to just be able to put it up on the beach. Yeah. And and that's that's really I think when we started to look at the dinghy, it's just you cannot look just at the dinghy. You have to think dinghy and outboard together. Right. So if you go with an inflatable, um, and a lot of people um, uh, go with uh, high field. High field, yes. And they go with high field, uh, great reputation, I guess, for inflatables. But they typically also have to have at a minimum 20, they're usually going 25 or 30 horsepower. Right. So I, I will say when, what we've seen, you know, for like a 360, uh, so 3.6 meters long, you know, people tend to, on those, to go on a plane, to go fast, they tend to go with 25 really horsepower engine. engine. Yeah. For the Aussie tender, so they are much lighter, and we can look at the, the weight difference, but similar dinghies. So they are much lighter. And, and on top of that, you don't need an powerful dinghy. I mean, we bought, we went with a 15 hang, horsepower. Yeah, hang on, you're getting ahead of the story uh, here. Okay. So, so. He but, had all this rationale, you know, when he was telling me, like, so after I saw the video, he's like, oh, and you don't need as big of an engine, and that means it's not going to cost as much as it, you really think it's going to cost, because I was, like, a little bit gasping at the price um, of the dinghy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and the dinghy, you know, is so expensive, like, look at the high field, it's 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 more money than the high field, and then you were going, well, if you're going to go with an inflatable, then we'll just go with a Plastimo, and I was like, I'm not going to do that, because we chartered a boat once with a plastimo dinghy and it, like it looks like this itty bitty tiny dinghy and when you look at the sizes it just didn't it just looked like so here you have this really big beautiful boat and you have this like dinghy that's sort of i don't know i don't know i couldn't i couldn't get excited about the plastimo sorry <laughs> so um i also my, like german cars so that's that <laughs> tells you a little bit about me but anyway so my issue was yeah. more I mean, the price of the dinghy, I look at it as more an investment, Yeah, <laughs> if you can say that. But I was thinking that this dinghy is going to last, if you're going to go cruise for long It's going to last longer, It's yeah. going to last, and versus if you're an inflatable, um, you know, it seems like, yeah, the life expectancy yeah. is less, and then you're going to have to switch. So if you look at, you know, maybe over 10 years then you probably are going to buy two inflatables. Yeah, that's versus probably one. You know, at like least this is vendor. this was how the the yeah. argue. This is how the discussion so, kind of evolved to. Yeah, yeah. At so this there point. was there was that, but I, so I could justify the cost of the dinghy because it's really built with good materials mm-hmm. and um, and it's well thought out. So I was like, okay, and so I could rationalize, you know, 
paying once, do a good investment, have a very reliable dinghy that you're going to enjoy over those 10 years versus, you know, an inflatable that starts to go, <laughs> that starts to not work anymore and then you have to patch it and whatever. Yeah, so and this I could rationalize. The thing that was hard for me to rationalize was the shipping cost. Yeah, Because exactly. it was going to cost $3,000 to ship it yeah. from New Zealand all the way to France. So let's talk about the cost because... Okay, so after we fell in love with the dinghy and you had all these great arguments and because you're a mechanical engineer by training, you have all this special appreciation for design and whatnot. And you mm-hmm. talked to me about how slick it was. And well, what I'm going to say is like <laughs> Russell is the best marketing person yeah. for his company because when he talks, you can hear the passion, you can hear the knowledge and he doesn't talk about any feature. I mean, all the features are like, make sense. They all make sense. There is no fluff. Like you no. hear, say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about yeah. this. And so when you listen to him, you're like, yeah, that's very convincing. Yeah, like, like he, a, a really stupid thing, like the oars tuck up underneath the side yeah. and they attach. So they're not like flopping around inside the dinghy and doing, and I mean, this is ba- really oars. basic stuff. They're, they're like real, real oars. oars. And yeah. you can roll this dinghy as like, you know, as a opposed robo. to yeah. uh, other inflatables. Yeah. They're really, really hard to roll and they're not at all designed. Yeah. This can be, can or be. another one is the anchor where, where the line attaches the anchor on the inside of the front of the dinghy on the bow. When you pull it back in, it goes back all in. The rope the doesn't painter, yeah. doesn't kind of fly over the side, and then you're worried it's about just it. All just the all this little details, stuff, yeah. yeah. So he's a great marketing person. <laughs> so then, so to to satisfy ourselves, uh, we had to rationalize the de- decision by actually going through a side by side comparison. So we did do that. So we looked at what we look. What size did we look at? We looked at the. Well, we looked. Um, we we looked at three things. We we looked at the OC tender three fifty and three thirty. So they stand for three point five meters and three point three meters. And then we looked at the high field CL three sixty. So the reason we looked, we wanted the the biggest dinghy possible. Yeah. Um, but something that we I think don't yet appreciate because we haven't yet we received the dinghy dinghy has now yeah, arrived like, in france mind you we haven't even been in the dinghy so yeah, here we, we go <laughs> but it's true that yeah. when you have an inflatable the the you know if you look at the the the, the two dinghies i mean they have the tubes takes a lot of space versus the way this boat is designed there is a lot of space under the sides so and and it's and there is no like center console there is nothing so it's a very open dinghy so you have a lot of uh, space. storage space. Yeah. So, so what For cargo Russell and, and Karen recommend, they're basically saying, you know, you could go with a smaller dinghy and then and in the smaller, the smaller you get dinghy, you can get the smaller engine and then it becomes really light. So so we were like, wow, debating between 330 and 350, basically. Yeah. But so when we looked at the data, so just to give you like the weight, because that's really a critical yeah. criteria and it should be for, you know, everybody who's going to go cruising as a couple. Um, so the OC, OC350 is... Which is the larger of the two that we looked at. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's the largest in the hub as well. Yeah. Is uh, basically 54 kilos or 119 pounds. So if we compare this to the OC350, so instead of 54 kilos, it's 48, and instead of 119, it's 105. So there's a you know a weight difference there. But then if you compare the two, like let's compare the 350 with the 
CL360 high field. So it's uh, the 350, 54 kilos, but you go to the high field, it's a 74 kilos or 163 pounds. So that's another... So it's like 120 pounds versus 160, almost five pounds. Yeah. yeah. So you have a 20 kilo difference or 40 pounds roughly. Yeah. So that's... that's and, that the, do, and that's just the dinghy. That's not the engine or anything. No, that's, that's just, just the dinghy. Up. So that yeah. adds up quite a bit of weight right. when you think you're going to have to pull this up up the beach. Right. You know? So... So that was definitely like, wow, this thing is um, uh, is much lighter. So that sounds great. And on top of that, it has a lot of cargo space. And okay, people will say, well, you're a couple. You don't need that much cargo space. But if we have guests and family and... And also, yeah. I mean, we have a water Groceries, maker. So we're hoping yeah. the water maker works and we don't have to shuttle like water. But, you know, for fuel Probably in fuel some places. Some places yeah. yeah. And then you need to be able to have that space. And... And we need to be able to do water sports and stuff like yeah. that. So, so we love that about it. And so we were like, okay, based on the weight alone, that's really an attractive proposal. But right, but let's look at the price difference. So okay, so just just the um, straight just straight dinghy to dinghy, not, not yeah. So straight dinghy to dinghy. Uh, I'm going to say U.S. dollars. Uh, so the um, the three fifty is um, uh, sixty three hundred dollars. And and then we're going to focus on 350 since it's what we chose. Right. And then w- and with the high field, it's 4800 or 4900 dollars. So that's that's a difference. 49. That's a 1400 dollar difference. Right. So. So so it seems high. Like we're like, wow, that's expensive. When you just compare dinghy to dinghy, that seems high, right? Yeah. That was like, the initial because high field. By the way, is. For inflatable dinghies, that's kind of the Cadillac, right? That's the that seems standard. to be the reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there was like the yeah price difference, but again, the price difference is 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 you know there's a price difference, but more, what's more when you add the shipping, right? So then the next point was okay, how do we ship it from New Zealand to France? Yeah, so that and in, then we're th- talk, thinking about like oh my god, the carbon footprint and like all yeah. this stuff, right? Yeah. So so basically, roughly, so we added a few options, and we can talk about the options. But the base the baseline was three sixty three hundred dollars. You add a bunch of options, so it's it's roughly seven thousand. US dollars. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for shipping, you have the custom crate that they build and uh, where mm-hmm. they ship the, the dinghy. And then you have the insurance for international freight. Then you have the transport and handling from Oakland uh, depot from Biosi Tender. And then you have the shipping itself. So obviously the shipping is the most, but when you add all this up, it's basically $3,000 yeah. from door to door. So I was like three thousand dollars. I mean that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you could buy a lot for three thousand dollars, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's you're buying a dinghy for seven, and then three thousand is just shipping. nothing. Yeah. Well, basically. no, it's not. What? Well, I mean, it's something, but you don't get. The, you don't. It's not like you get value out. You're not going to get no, used. No, oh, no, no. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So in. When you look at the price of the dinghy alone and the shipping, you're like, oh, man, that's, you know, if it was like a $20,000 item and you do 3000 shipping, you're like, okay, it's a fraction. Yeah, but the dinghy costs is yeah. $6,300. So, so, so ultimately yeah. you look at it and like, okay, it's a $10,000 dinghy versus, <laughs> you know, if you get it in France, you know, you pay, you, you pay all the options. And then, you know, I mean, we didn't price it out. But, we didn't price out any options. But you have this $3,000 shipping. Yeah. So that was like the mental block. 
like, okay, that's that we'll So have- I was like, I was like, no way. And then you went on this like little tangent. Um, so, no. no, no, hang on. Yeah. You went on this tangent where you were saying, oh, and they have a version where you could make uh, it a sailboat, you know, and like they do, they have a version where you can add a sail to it. And, you know, you love that. You love those little boats. And- yeah. I mean, so, I mean, obviously we're going to be sailing, but it's like, <laughs> so it's that- like, you know, when you're on a big cruising... It's kind cruising, of a toy to you, yeah. You're like, big cruising catamaran. You're not going to have, get the feelings of, like, a little puff and then your boat, like, accelerates and, you know, be able to play around. And and so... So, so this is where I put my foot down. I'm like, we are not... Buying a sailboat to put on our sailboat. That is just stupid. <laughs> well, it's not a sailboat. It's your it's well, your Aussie tender with a okay. centerboard and with two rudders and with the mast <laughs> and the sail. So and so but they don't officially like sail it, but they've done a prototype and, and it looked like pretty attractive because you know Okay. If, so so we so I basically fo- put my foot down and yeah. we were back to the high field so, for a while. No, no, well Well we, we were. Hang on. Yeah. So we were back to the high field for a while and we were kind of going through that. Meanwhile, in the background, you were doing research on our Boards, which I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But um, what happened to was um, months went by and then we talked about how excited we were at how much in love with this OC tender we were. And we posted it on our Facebook group page for mm-hmm. that we belong to. And someone in the group who I believe also listens to this podcast, so you'll know exactly who you are when I say it, said, oh, by the time I add all this stuff up for my high field... I could have just bought an OC tender. And then I was like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what kind of pushed us over a yeah, little bit. I think, I, I forgot how it's called, but um, I think to protect the, the tubes. Yeah. So you have to, I guess. You have to cover this, it with Yeah, something. to cover it, but they have to be cut yeah. to the dimension of your dinghy. They have to be applied with glued and everything. So. When you add the things to your inflatable dinghy to protect it, <laughs> then suddenly the price goes up. And so when you look at everything accounted for with your inflatable dinghy and with all the additional protection and everything that you want so it, it lasts longer, yeah. then what he said was like, oh, yeah, suddenly if I would have known this after doing all that, then for the price difference, I should have gotten yeah. the OC tender to start. So thank you, Anthony, because yeah. this OC tender is um, all because of you. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the outboard? Well, so so that was one piece of information, right. and we were like, ah, interesting. The second piece of information that helped, um, well, I think for a period of time, first, you were decided, you were saying like... Forget it, forget it. No, 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 no. You were like, <laughs> not forget it, you were like... I, I, between this one and this one, I'm going to go with the OC tender and, you know. Oh, I definitely wanted the OC tender. I just couldn't wrap my head around the cost until no, I, I remember, posted like, that. I, no, 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 no. Let's not, re- not revise this story. Okay. Yet. You, at one point, you were like, you know, in the grand scheme of things of, of buying a catamaran to go cruising, you know, the cost of the dinghy is a small piece. That might have been after I got paid my bonus or something. And yeah, <laughs> and at one point you were like, no, if I'm going to do this, I want kind of the dinghy I want. You know, it's like, I'm not going to worry about 3000 in the big picture. Yeah, that was, a- that was after. And we- I remember yeah. like you were there and I was quite not there. And the thing that got me there was suddenly, um, you know, looking at outboards. Yeah, so this is what you were doing in the background. So you were researching all these outboard options. Yeah, and then that was like the the, the rationale then because we looked at the price of an outboard. So so first, 
you need a smaller outboard. Um, we went with the high end of what is recommended with 15 horsepower. Probably we could have gone with an eight. They were saying eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we decided to, um, to go with the bigger one, 350 and to do, to do 15 horsepower. So when we, when I compared the price of, of the outboards, uh, buying one in France versus assuming a high field option, we were we would have bought the outboard in France, and it would have been a twenty to twenty five. Well, in this case, well, I'm, I didn't even compare that with the high field because I was focusing on the OC tender. Mm. But I was like, okay, I'm comparing apple to apple, so I was like, okay, we will buy an outboard in France, and we won't pay the VAT because it's added to the boat and and it's part of the uh, for export. Mm-hmm. But the cost of the 15 horsepower uh, outboard, uh, and, and we can talk why we picked Suzuki, but the f- Suzuki 15 horsepower in France was basically uh, 3,600 US dollars. So that's 3,300 euros. So that's before tax. And then I looked in New Zealand, and because I was like, oh, okay, we have a crate. It's $3,000 right. of expenses, but maybe we can... Put something That's in right. The we crate. were having a conversation like, oh, what can we buy from New Zealand? Yeah, like, that what? maybe we'll save money. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, I looked at prices for outboards uh, in New Zealand. And so in France, it will have been 3,600 US dollars. But in New Zealand, for the same one, it was 2,600 US dollars. So, which is a big difference. Yeah. Well, that's 1,000 US dollar difference. So suddenly I was like, aha. Shipping is three thousand, but if we can buy an outboard from New Zealand, we save a thousand compared to buying it in France. Then the shipping becomes two thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what <laughs> so, we did. So it was like, oh, we're saving thirty-three percent by you know buying both the outboard and the dinghy. So we talked to Karen, and then she checked it out with the local vendor, and she says, yes, I can ship it with. Uh, there is no extra cost because it's, it's by all in volume. one crate. Yeah. yeah. And so there was no extra cost for that. We they have a tax called GST in New Zealand. Just he said it's fifteen percent, but you know because, because it's, for it's export, going out. Yeah, yeah. So that that was pre-taxed, and that was the price. So so we were like, oh, so we are buying the combination, and we're going to save a thousand dollars. So that made the shipping a little easier. Yeah, the cost swallow. Of the yeah, for sure. And at that point, it was like, okay, now we're going for it because there is like good arguments. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the um, uh, Russell and Karen shipped the dinghy and the outboard completely on time. <clears throat> everything went out without a hitch. Yeah, they take care of everything mm-hmm. uh, about all the paperwork from from New Zealand. So our dinghy went from New Zealand on a ship to Venezuela, and uh, and then from Venezuela to uh, Hamburg, Germany. And then from Germany on the track from Hamburg, Germany to La Rochelle, France. Right. And, and let's let's stop in Germany because COVID went down and then it was stuck in Germany, right? In, well, it, it was not stuck. They could have delivered it, but because La Rochelle and France was closed, it, so right. there was no way to receive it. So we said, is there an option to leave it in, in Germany uh, in storage until we can, until things open up in right. France and, you know. And so that was a few weeks. And then once um, everything started opening back up, that was a few weeks ago. Next thing you know, it's on a crate, on a truck, on its way to La Rochelle. And I mean, La Rochelle must have been open uh, a couple a of days. Before, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that, it wasn't two weeks for sure. It was less than a week, I think. Because yeah. I was I was shocked it got there so fast. 
yeah, so it arrived and um, we had to scramble to kind of find a place to put put it because there was no place to, we weren't there to receive it. Well, the, so. No, but the Uchimara, yeah. like our commissioning company, was going to receive it. The problem is the, if the boat would have been in the water, right. it would have gone at the back exactly. of, the, of the boat on the Davids. But our boat is still on the heart at right. the moment. So we really didn't feel comfortable to get the, the no. dinghy on the David. On the, on, on the heart. So right. we looked for another option. And I remember because I was there in, earlier this year that I was like, oh, there is this place that seems to do like like, a warehouse. You know, storage and yeah. whatever. And and so that worked really well. The, basically, yeah. the, the boat, the, the OC Tender, is still in the crate, stored really on the marina in La Rochelle. Yeah, I'm then, still a little anxious. I mean, the French way, yeah, we'll store it for you. No problem. But there's no paperwork. Like... <laughs> No, but they say, we have your dinghy. I mean, so I say... And then I guess we just show up with money, but I mean, you know, there's... It's it's all very loose. Yeah. Anyway, so So, but just to finish on the shipping, because we had concern, you know, for custom and everything. Will there be things that we need to pay extra? But that was pretty smooth. So what we paid with OC Tender covered everything from door to door. Right. There was only one thing um, that in La Rochelle needed to go through a company that works with the customs and we had to pay 80 euros. Yeah. So, so no worries about basically everything is shipping door to door, all costs included except this this 80 euro to, for custom. Okay, clearance. so whole thing out the door, shipping, the outboard, the dinghy, and then we got a bunch of little things put on it, like it's got attached wheels. Yeah, for we instance, went, it's we, got a aluminum. We went with different options. Yeah, yeah we we got the um, um, the 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 alloy d- delta panel under dinghy. Uh, so when you drag it up the beach to protect uh, the hull, uh, we got the um, the lights and the LED LED lights for mm-hmm. at night uh, when we um, uh, to just have the the tricolors. Uh, we decided to go with the lighter, uh, also oh, yeah, telescopic lighter. lighter. So because the the sides are a little higher, maybe than conventional dinghy. So yeah. I and mean, I was concerned because I have like a little bit of arthritis <laughs> in my elbow. So yeah, yeah. So we got okay. that, and um, we got the Beachmaster wheels pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you want to roll it up the beach, and you just flop them down or flop them up. Yeah, yeah. And then we got also the vinyl name cutting with the name of a boat. And um, there is one, uh, they call this a bung, and so that's the opening to drain the, the, the water from the dinghy. So on one side, but depending on how you put it on your boat and then the angle. So, oh, so we got another one, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we got one yeah. on each side. Uh, what else did we got? We got the... Um, um, Oh, that's it. I think that's. And they add other custom options. We've seen videos where people have um, had little um, fishing rods, fishing rod, I guess holders, I guess put in them and different things. So there's, I mean, it seems like they'll kind of work with you to do whatever you want. So, yeah. So out the door, how much was it? Uh, In US dollars, it was uh, ten thousand. No, no, no. You got to add the outboard, and so it's ten thousand plus the yeah twenty four hundred or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to see the the final price for the outboard. Uh, uh, well, yeah, if we looked in U.S. dollars, so I guess uh, there was 26 plus 10, so 10, 2, 10, 8, 12, I guess 12,800. Yeah, completely, completely done. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. We... Um, 
feel like we're really going to love the dinghy. Uh, like we said, we haven't actually <laughs> been in it yet. Yeah. I mean, and, and just for people who don't know about the dinghy, I mean, that's, that's also, we talked about how it's built, I mean, quickly, but it's um, it's built with very good materials. It's been reinforced with uh, carbon fiber. It's basically fiberglass and foam inside. Um but also the, it's the design of the the hull. It's a, it's a flat flat bottom with sharp edges, so it really like supposed to um, to go on a plane, uh, you know, faster than, mm-hmm. than a, you know you're not pushing as much water as um, as an. Uh, so you get up really quickly. Yeah, and you can stay drier. That was another thing. Yeah, yeah. The cargo space uh, was, you know, also quite interesting. Um, and and he designed it thinking about all of the places where there were vulnerabilities. You know, so whether mm-hmm. it was um, what what's that? The transom? What's that? Not the transom. The the place where the outboard attaches. Yeah, transom, yeah. yeah. He said, you know, those always broke off. Um, and so, like, that's super reinforced with um, carbon, carbon yeah. all the way solid across. Yeah. Okay, so just let's recap on the different options we had on the engine just real quick. Yeah. So we looked at uh, the major brands like Suzuki, Honda, Mercury, and Yamaha. Uh, we focused on 15 horsepower because that's we decided to go with the high end of what was recommended so we can go maybe longer distances and stuff like this. So weight was was important to us, um, same as for the dinghy. So the um, uh, for the Suzuki one, um, we could go with a short shaft. And as long as we didn't take the electronic, they have an electric version uh, for a starter, uh, then it's, uh, if you just do the manual one, it's 97 pounds. And then we looked at the others, and the Honda goes to 104 pounds, the Mercury goes to 111 pounds, and the Yamaha goes to 115 pounds. So if you look at the 97... Just the weight, yeah. yeah. That's like between the Suzuki and the Yamaha, for example, that's like 18-pound difference. Mm -hmm. So, again, that adds up. So we, we looked at that first, and... Of course, of course, the other thing that was kind of we want obviously a low maintenance. I mean, all these brands I will say people like, yeah, yeah, they you know they had a Yamaha, they're happy with it, and they're saying Yamaha is the best thingy. And yeah, they, they had you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think in overall, I would say all these brands are probably pretty good. Um, so at this point, it's just what are the criteria you want to yeah. you know, choose from. So weight was important to us. We like the simplicity of the Suzuki because it's um, uh, it doesn't have a carburetor. It's like injection. Um, so it's, again, kind of uh, more uh, simple um, for uh, maintenance or for, not maintenance, but for um, durability or potential issues. Um, no, no battery needed to operate. Um, so, and then we, we kind of looked at, you know, how popular or not how popular, but the, the, the overall characteristics and, and, um, of the Suzuki and, and then we kind of overall, you know, we felt it was similar at a lighter weight and probably better fuel consumption right. also, uh, before, uh, the way it's designed. So, so anyway, we went with this, um, this outboard and, uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think I'm pretty confident um, that's that's a great outboard and reliable, and so and then it's light, so mm-hmm. that's good. Okay. So, what'd you learn through this uh, process of deciding on the dinghy? Um, 
It takes, it's a process <laughs> uh, because... Even if you fall in love, you still have to do, you still have to do yeah. due diligence and make sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the cost is always going to be something that you take into consideration. And, um, but you can, it's kind of a little bit like lithium versus, you know, AGM batteries or something. So people look at lithium and it'd be, oh, that's a high price point. But you cannot just look at the the sticker. The initial you, price. You have, you have to, to look, look like, okay, I'm going to use this thingy for the next 10 years. And, you know, I want to minimize the the issues yeah. I have with my thingy and stuff like this. So so you're looking at, you have to look at, okay, there's the initial price. There is, you know, and then there is the durability and, the, you know, the the amount of maintenance you might have yeah. to do to it. and. And and then the practicality. I mean, it's like if you if your dinghy is heavy and you have a heavy hardboard, sure you might be able to go fast and it sounds fun, but you're going to consume a lot of fuel. And then you have you know if you are somewhere close to yeah. ports, that's fine. But if for us, I mean, different places, people have different yeah. you know. I mean, just like cars. You but know, if people. you're in remote places, yeah. then you have to you know get more fuel. And um, and then if it's uh, if it's heavy, then you're not going to go to the beach, or you might decide, oh, it'd be fun to go uh, to shore, but you know uh, I don't, I don't feel like deal dragging with it. the yeah, exactly. over the rocks or anchoring it. But there is like water, the waves are like breaking, or you know. So we wanted to be able to be free and not think about it. Yeah. When I want to go in the dinghy, it's you know we know it's light yeah. enough, and we'll be able to uh, carry. The dinghy is covered under our insurance, right? That was the one thing I was like scared about. I was like, what if the dinghy gets I stolen? Forget, but I think it is, yeah. I mean, just because we, we've yeah. had a break-in already. So I have theft on my yeah. mind. So anyway, yeah. it's And it's going to be light as long as we don't have to put on a huge chain in the dinghy to like chain it to the dock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't well, get no. stolen. Well, yeah, that. So I think we won't have to put a huge chain. We'll put something yeah. a heavy duty. But also we um, with a security system yeah. that we got for the Oh, boat, that's right. Yeah. We got they, the sensor. They have an option for an outboard only. And so we'll have, um, we'll be able to do like a geofence around the dinghy. Um, we'll be able to track where the dinghy is by GPS. So hopefully nobody steals the dinghy, but if they do, they'll have to cut, you know. <laughs> yeah, so just thing. quickly, because I don't think we shared with everybody what we actually went with on our security system. No, and we can do another post on that okay. uh, just to describe how why we chose well know, we kind of went through a little bit but i guess we can go in more detail if people yeah. want but, but it was a uh, yacht yacht sentinel, sentinel. it's yeah. a company based in the uk um and it's fully integrated and it has a dinghy sensor so that that's what we were excited about too because we wanted to get all one system yeah. so if there's more detail people want on that system uh, as well we can go into more detail so yeah uh, visit our Facebook page if you do want to hear about that, and we can certainly do that. But um, thanks for to the listeners that kind of brought this topic up. And um, when we eventually get on the dinghy, we'll do a product review and talk mm -hmm. about whether we actually like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be able to speak like um, with um, some authority. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but from the research, yeah, yeah, we're pretty confident about our decision. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 o